These days, building a brand happens on lots of platforms, podcasts, Facebook groups, and even live events. In today's program, I talk with Jess Kufferman about the She Podcast brand and everywhere it lives. Okay, here's the show. Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Roundpeg, and this is your host, Lorraine Ball. And today, well, on this podcast, we're going to talk about podcasts. My guest, Jess Kufferman, is the co-host and co-founder of She Podcasts. And this is not just a podcast, but a community that supports over 12,000 women podcasters, including me. They're hosting a conference later this fall, and I'm going to be there. And I am just so excited to have a chance to talk to Jess Jess, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Jess, tell me a little bit about kind of how you got started with She Podcasts. Well, um, I had a podcast that I started about five years ago, four or five years ago, and I really wanted to have it more well-known, get the word out there. And at the time, a lot of the gurus and people who were talking about how to do podcasting were men. They were young men. Uh, with that weren't married, had no children. And so sometimes the answers that they would give weren't really conducive to my lifestyle. I Mm -hmm. wanted, and also, you know, they didn't always understand what I was asking. For example, when I said I wanted to double my downloads, I got a question about how many shows I had. When I said two, they said, cut it in half. Now you have four, then you have double the downloads. Like that's not what I wanted to know. I wanted to know how to engage double the people. Um, but I felt like they, you know, they had no concept of, of those types of things. So the women that I talked to, the women mentors and gurus, the advice they gave was much more in tune with what I was looking for. And so I started a group so that I could have a little hive mind all my own. And the group has grown. It has grown quite a bit. It's now over 13,000, actually. Wow. It's crazy. I know. We add like 20, 30 people a day. Isn't that crazy? Who knew there were that many women podcasters? Certainly not me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but I'm happy to, you know, we're very happy to support them because, you know, one of our main missions and, and passions is making sure that all women have a chance um, for their stories to be heard. I love that. And I have to tell you that I really like the way the group is structured. And I'd love to talk about that because I get, I get a lot of questions from clients about, you know, should I start a group? How do I start a group? What were some of the guiding principles that you used when you put together the group and maybe what worked and what didn't? Definitely one of the things that works is not allowing promotion of any kind in any way. And then we relented to have one post a week that allowed women to post their most recent podcast episode, but still they're not allowed to talk about their business, their services, their products. It just is for podcasting. It is a podcasting support group. And so we don't allow anything else other than that. And we have to be very diligent about that. I think one of the mistakes we made at the beginning was that we would have this group and it would self-monitor Um, But it doesn't necessarily self-monitor. People need leadership and they need people to step in and tell them, you know, how, what behavior is appropriate, what behavior is not. So Elsa and I were a little bit reluctant to be leaders. We just kind of wanted the group to lead itself and it doesn't always work that way. And so in order to keep it a safe space and a creative space, we made sure that people, we still make sure that people follow those rules to the letter. Another thing that we make sure of is that no one discusses politics or anything in there that isn't podcasting related. It's not a place to vent. 
about anything other than podcasting. So if you're having a podcasting challenge, if you have a podcast win, this is the right place for you. If you're upset with the presidency or your husband or your wife, sorry, there's got to be another group for that. It's not going to be our group. That is one of the things that I really appreciate about your group and some of the other groups that I'm a part of is when you have someone who is monitoring and running the group and giving us, you know, a lane where we can be creative and have conversations, but really defining what the conversations are about. And so I know when I come to the post, I really like the fact that you put all the promotions in one post instead of encouraging everybody to post their link individually, because that would just drown out all the other conversations. I also have to turn off those posts comments because if I leave them alone and I forget at midnight to turn it off, people will keep posting the whole rest of the week and that drowns out other posts mm-hmm. because it's constantly being shoved to the top, shoved to the top, shoved to the top. And then other people can't get their, you know, their questions and announcements in, which I, which I hate. I hate. So I, there's been a lot of times where I've wanted to cancel even the promotional posts. I have one on Tuesday that allows people to offer themselves up as a guest for podcasts. And then I have another one where they can post their most recent episode and it's all very innocent, but the people who are desperate to promote will take any opportunity to um, take an inch and turn it into a mile. And I, I get bitter about it and I want to just cancel it all because I feel like I'm a very all or nothing person, I think also. And so even though women, the women say like they find a lot of value in having those. And I'm like, you know, you're not going to get any downloads by posting your episode here. Right. Cause this is probably not your audience. These are podcasters. They're not necessarily dog owners or whatever. And they still like to see what's happening out there. They like to see what other people are doing. And, and I respect that. And then, so I allow that, but I don't like when people are still posting on Thursday and Friday, it makes me feel stupid for not setting my alarm to turn it off, which I don't feel like I should have to do. And there's other times too, when, um, when I've had to sort of take over, you know, like when there was a couple of times where people started posting their cover art, and I feel like that was an opportunity for people to self-promote and it would irritate me. Like, don't post your, don't ask for a opinion. We know what you're doing. Don't post opinions about your cover art on here because clearly you're trying to promote yeah. yourself. And that, you know, but, but I asked the group how they felt about it and they disagreed with me. So what do I know? <laughs> there was one woman who did something I thought was really interesting. She actually put up four versions of the cover art that she was considering. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a legitimate because, because they were yes. very different. And I thought that was legitimate and good feedback. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I have gotten a couple of guests, a lot of the, a lot of the women talk on subjects that are not necessarily relevant to an audience of business owners. And I think that's one of the things I've really struggled with is making sure that I've maintained content that is what my audience comes to expect. But I have gotten a few people, including you, as a guest from the Tuesday Post. So it's not all bad. Awesome. That's awesome. So you're now taking this. (laughs) Yeah, this is turning out pretty good. So I'm all right with that. (laughs) Yeah, so far so good. I think we're doing good so far. (laughs) I think we are. Now, you're taking this online community and bringing it back into real life. What do you think some of the challenges are of moving an online community into an offline world? And what are some advice that you might give other people who have groups and think they maybe want to plan a meetup? That is a good question. I would say probably motivation. I think that 
people get in their rhythm. So right now in the podcast conference space, there's one in the spring, there's one in the summer, there's not exactly been one in the fall. And I think travel is expensive. I think people are worried about if they're going to waste their time. I mean, it's probably the same barriers to entry as they have to do a podcast in the first place. Is it going to be worth my time? Can I afford to stay away from what I'm doing for this long? Is it, is it going to, you know, and also I think if, if they, if I can promise to motivate and inspire them, even that is scary. Like, Oh my God, I'll actually have to do it if Mm -hmm. I really go to this conference. So I better stay away. (laughs) You know? Yeah. Yeah. On on the one hand, is it going to be worth my while? And on the other hand, oh my God, if I make this investment, I I guess I must really want to do this. Yes. And then if I, right, if I come and I fly there, how stupid will I look if I still don't launch in the next year? So there's pressure. I, you know, and, and I think not everyone. Not all women want to be in a room full of women. I was probably one of those people for a long mm-hmm. time because I, I was, you know, a little bit bullied as a kid. And like, I, you know, I didn't trust women for a long time until I got, you know, until I, later in my, my schooling, mm-hmm. the idea of being at a women's conference is probably unappealing to people who feel like it's just going to be all hippity dippity woo woo. But I want it to be that, but palatable. I want it to be a palatable conference for every kind of podcaster. I have to admit that I'm kind of, for different reasons, have not necessarily sought out women's events. Before I started my business, I worked primarily in male industries. Me too. So yeah, so in a room full of women, I kind of was like, no, the, it, it just it, it just seemed off. And a lot of times it got a little bit, like you said, too woo-woo. You know, it's, it's mm-hmm. I'm here for the business. This is, you know, this is, the podcast is part of my business. Yes, I want to do the women bonding thing, but I, you know, I don't necessarily want all the really soft side stuff and so I think that, you know, there's, it's finding that balance. And I think you've done a good job of promoting the conference. So people get a sense that, no, you're, you're coming for, you're coming for the business. Yes. The inspiration. Yes. The conversations, but this isn't a sorority luncheon. Yeah. And it's not going to be catty. I mean, and I, and I do feel like people who are in the She Podcast group have a much better idea of what to expect because Elsie does bring the woo-woo on occasion and then I kind of like bring things down <laughs> more to her. You know, she's an Aquarius. I'm a Capricorn. That's kind of our life's mission is for her to be emotional and woo-woo and then for me to be like, nah, but also this. And so I think it's it's more about people who are newly familiar with she podcasts who haven't who haven't known us for a while and you know they they worry that a room full of women are going to be catty and judgmental and i think if you're in the group you know it is the literal opposite of that it is like the one place i know virtual or in person where i can hang out with people and not feel like i'm being judged and actually to to their credit it is a podcaster thing not even a woman thing mm-hmm. podcasters are not judgmental podcasters are open-minded smart technically savvy great sense of humor flexible idealistic like they're they are if you're a podcaster chances are they're your people yeah the one thing i would add to that list is i think we're good listeners especially those of us that have shows where it's more of an interview thing and so i enjoy the conversations when i interview people on my show and then i love to get together with them and talk face to face. There's just something really special about being, I think, in person. And I'm noticing as my life goes day to day that I'm becoming much less virtually inclined. I used to be, you know, I was a social media consultant. So everything I did was me also in my head composing 
a post about it. And that has sort of ceased in the last year. I'm not sure why. And and I know that people don't post on social media because they're afraid no one cares what they need to say. I know people care what I need to say. I don't care that they care is the problem anymore. It's becoming strange. To me, the in-person experience is so much more valuable these days. And I think it's, you know, like I get a great feeling from being in the community but then we'd have meetups at these other conferences for an hour, two hours, and it never felt long enough. And so I want to extend those good feelings over a couple of days and just see if it's as magical as I think it's going to be. Awesome. Well, Jess, I absolutely cannot believe how quickly the time has gone. Me too. This is such a great show, though. Thank you so much for inviting me. Well, thank you so much for joining me. We're going to have a link in the show notes to the conference and also to the Facebook group. And so if any of the people in my audience, and I know there are some out there who are podcasters or who are thinking about it, they'll be able to find you. Yay. Go to ShePodcastsLive.com for information about the conference. You can also go to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at ShePodcast. Or if you want me, it's Jess Kupferman on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for listening. Fantastic. Jess, thank you so much again. Thank you. If you have enjoyed today's conversation, if you'd like to know more about marketing topics for business owners, be sure to check out our blog at roundpeg.biz. This has been another episode of More Than A Few Words. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.